Welcome back to Ask Me in My House. Melina's here. And Jordan is here. Hi, honey. How are you? You feeling better? Uh, I'm getting there. Are you not vomiting your guts out anymore? Yes. Sorry for anybody who's eating while listening to this, but Melina and I (laughs) had a very rough last three or four days. Alethea too. And my sister and Jordan's mom, we all got super duper sick. So that's why this episode is going up later in the week than normal. We've been through it. And I got it the worst of all because, you know, pregnancy. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, but we're good now. We're feeling a lot better. Thank the Lord. We're glad to be in good health and uh, recovering. But we did want to get this week's episode up before the week was over. Because we're so excited. Yeah. And we've been planning this one out and we both have such a passion for this. And it's something that's pretty relevant in our lives right now. And it's probably very relevant in your life too. You don't have to be a parent for this episode because we've all been children. And this might even help you with just your life right now and looking back at what your childhood was like. And um, I think it's just overall, I feel like everyone could really benefit from this. Absolutely. Uh, Before we jump in though, just to a reminder for everybody who's been following us for a little while or uh, is new, if you're new, welcome. But we do this... uh, thing every week where we pick about five to ten people or so each week to uh, treat you guys to coffee Uh, if you just simply repost us on instagram view Mm -hmm. listening to the episode let us know your favorite part just tag us in it and why you listen something something yeah we just like to hear from you guys and hear your feedback Mm -hmm. Um, also if you want to go to the apple or i don't know if spotify allows you to do the same thing but apple reviews Mm -hmm. and just leave us a review an honest review a a thoughtful heartfelt review Mm -hmm. that would mean a lot to us too because we always like to interact and kind of give you guys what you're asking for so yes yeah yeah we're uh, excited to be doing that and Mm -hmm. continuing so now this month uh being march now we are wanting to focus on emotional mental wellness um health that kind of a thing just because this is such a topic that it's thrown around a lot in both Christian and non-Christian circles, mm-hmm. right? Is this whole idea of, um, you know, my, my mental health, my spiritual health, how does this all fit in? And in our conversations with Milena and me and our, our team, we're kind of decided we need to start with children, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of uh, where it all boils down to whether you have kids of your own and you're listening or you're about to be parents mm-hmm. or you're not in that position, but you still can think back to your childhood and maybe yeah. some things that, um, you know, were deep seated issues that came from childhood. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I learned in school that really, really stuck with me is that children that don't know how to express or control their emotions become adults that don't know how to express their um, Mm. emotions and control it. And I think this speaks so greatly because we really push aside children and push aside their emotions and just in general kind of look down upon children. And because I have such a passion for it, I'm like such an advocate of like, no, you guys don't understand how important it is to just pour into children. And this is so biblical too. So absolutely. We're going to unpack that more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I really thought that was like a really good point to start off with because we easily just kind of brushed that off. So we really wanted to start this with just talking about children because I feel like it is such a good segue into talking about everything else. And if you don't start at the root, if you don't start where it all could could have possibly begun, then 
I think it kind of would have been a little bit more difficult to go around. Yeah, I think it's a great point, honey. And I, something I didn't even think of until you brought it up. But it all starts now, right? A formative appreciation for habits, right? Yeah. That we don't even realize we get into until maybe later and we're looking back in hindsight, yeah. right? So to have the foresight that you have now, I think is wonderful. And it reminds me actually of uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, Jordan loves Mr. Rogers, I love guys. Mr. Rogers. He, uh, now, really and, and talk about like hindsight and foresight. You're watching him as a kid. Like I would see him occasionally as I a kid. I didn't watch. Uh, he was Mr. a little Rogers. bit more like if you were born in the, gosh, he was on for decades, but he was most popular in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And a little bit in the early 2000s. Uh, I think he passed away in like 05 or something like that. But mm. um, yeah, his show, he did a show for like 40 something years. That's crazy. And he basically pioneered like this new strategy towards public television for children, like public education. And he was actually sitting before Congress um, asking for funding for his program to continue and kind of making his case. It's a mm -hmm. fantastic video. If you ever pulled up on YouTube, just look up Mr. Rogers before the Congress, I think it was. And at first the uh, guy that he's talking to, like some like powerful political figure he's testifying towards too. He's, kind of like joking at him like all right let's hear what you got to say and then at the end of mr rogers like six minutes he completely like gets to the heart of this guy and he's mm -hmm. like i think it's wonderful I, I you just earned the 15 or 20 million dollars whatever that was for a show and this is back in like the 60s so i mean that's a ton of money now but imagine mm -hmm. 50 60 years ago that's just wow. like insane so again we're uh I, I re i re bring him up the reason i bring him up is because he just pioneered this whole approach to understanding uh, emotions and c like conflict resolution and the healthy expression uh, from a very young age. And he always mm -hmm. treated everybody, especially children with dignity and respect and honor, um, not just casting them aside like, oh, you're just a little kid. What do you know? Yeah. He was and very involved with them. There's a movie that just came out, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what got Jordan like obsessed with Mr. Rogers <laughs> all over again. Yeah. I rediscovered my love for yeah. Mr. Rogers, but um Anyways, that was long-winded, but I bring that up because he wrote a song, and he actually mentions this in his Congress uh, testimony, but uh, it's called, What Do You Do With The Mad That You Feel? And it's a song he would sing on his program with children, and it's such a simple song, and he just makes it, like, you know, lighthearted, but he obviously understands the deep ramifications behind it, but he makes it very lighthearted and easy for children to sing along with. And I just want to read you guys the lyrics because I think it's so powerful and directly applicable to what we're talking about here. So he says, What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad you could bite. When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong, and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag? Or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop. When you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song, I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, I can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a woman and a boy can be someday a man. And I think that's just phenomenal because it's talking about 
this is like how you resolve anger, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Conflict. And he's teaching kids this. He's teaching yeah. three, four, five, six-year-old kids this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's fantastic. So in that spirit, Melaine and I want to just learn and discuss alongside you guys. This is by no means us preaching or teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to give our share of disclaimers, trust me. Yeah. But um, we're just trying to have this discussion with you guys because we know a lot of people who who listen and are part of the As For Me and My House family are talking about these things like, you know, with their children or mm-hmm. with them themselves or issues from their childhood yeah. that are deep-seated. And how can we sort of unpack this in a healthy way that reflects, you know, what is biblical first and foremost and then what is good for our, our living. So. Yes, yeah. So we just thought we would throw out disclaimers just because we are talking about some things that um, are heavier topics. So we're not licensed clinicians. You guys know that we're not licensed to do this. Um, and with some of this stuff, like we could definitely go more into detail or more in depth and the language could be a little bit better, but honestly, we're not as precise and we're not as, um, equipped, I guess. Is that yeah, the word? Like, this is not our, we're not like, we're not a hundred percent educated in this. Right. This is just our opinions, our thoughts, some data and some research that we've looked up. And we're just having a conversation on on yeah. it. Like yeah. Melaine and I are having a conversation. You guys are part of it with mm-hmm. us listening. You're you're part of the conversation, right? Yeah. And we're not discussing clinical mental health or mental disorders either. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just want to say that as well. And we're going to be very careful to not make any o- overly simplistic reductions or yes, anything like that. Like right? saying that this is all spiritual. Like if you just pray enough, then you know, everything will be fine right? or no. everything will get resolved if you have enough faith. That's not what we're, mm-hmm. we're preaching here. No. And, you know, not all types of like mental illness are a result of demonic influence. Like I know a lot of cultures and a lot of uh, even denominations might even believe stuff like that where, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this just has to be, you know, prayed or you have to do something and then this will, you know, this is just demonic influence, right? I do believe there's definitely a spiritual tie and a dimension to what we experience especially in our mental and emotional, because our body is all connected, right? We're mm-hmm. body, soul, and spirit. But sometimes one is influencing more than the other, and it's not always exclusively just because, you know, yeah. there's some demonic possession or something going on. That's yeah. not what we're trying to say at all. Um, so it's not exclusively spiritual. Mm-hmm. But kind of with those disclaimers, honey, um, do you want to read a couple statistics that we yes. kind of thought were alarming and staggering as we're going through kind of preparing for this episode Mm -hmm. yeah so we found a report that the cdc said that one in five american children through the age of three through 17 so that's roughly about 15 million have a diagnosable mental emotional or behavioral disorder given in a year which just absolutely blew my mind one in five children say that again so one in five american children ages what three through 17. Okay, so that's basically the... Well, that's like... The youth of our culture. Mm -hmm. So about 15 million have a diagnosable mental, emotional, or behavioral disorder in a given year, which is just insane. So again, that goes back to why we really thought it'd be so important to just start with children because this is so something that is prominent in their lives. Um, And like we mentioned, we'll eventually grow into adulthood if not dealt with or solved or um, just even acknowledged. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but it goes even 
deeper that recent research indicates that serious depression is worsening in teens, especially girls. And the suicide rate among girls reached a 40-year high in 2015, again, according to a CDC report. And, I mean, this hits home for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. none the least of which are me and Milena, right? Like, yeah. you've had um, this experience, too, right, with yeah. people you know. We have a family friend um, whose daughter, so I like basically grew up with this family. Um, She's a couple years younger than me and I grew up with her. I'd always babysit her. She lived right down the street. We would see each other every week. Our moms are best friends. Um, And about six months ago, I think she was admitted to a hospital for um, suicide watch and um, it's like a mental institute, mental health institute. Yes. Yeah. So Mm. she had to stay there for a couple of months. And it was so shocking to me because, like, I watched her grow up. Like, I thought of her of like this. Like everything's fine. What's yeah, wrong? Like with it all was, of a sudden, right out of the blue, right, so yeah, to speak. It right? was. It really upset us, and it was just really. This just really hit home because this happens. Like, yeah. it's not. These aren't just like statistics. Like, these are real children, real lives that are being impacted. Um. So for me, it just hit home because I've witnessed this. I've experienced it, and. Thank God she's doing much better now. Um, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but based off of what her mom has told my parents recently, that she is doing a lot better. So sometimes it's better to give if it's if it's not your immediate family. It's sometimes it's better to give like a close friend some or relative, yeah, some a little bit space to mm-hmm. kind of hear it from somebody secondhand. Yeah, just to know that they're okay and you're checking in and that you care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow, and yeah. We've really noticed that in our society recently, there has been more of talk of suicide and shall I even say glorification of that. Um, if you guys remember, what was that show called? Uh, 13 Reasons Why. Yes. Um, I don't know. If I never any saw of you- it, but I kind of know what the premise of, okay. of the show is. Yeah. I definitely think it, I don't know that it would necessarily glorify it, but it definitely made light of it and... Um, I don't know. I feel like it just, it just didn't leave the best taste in my mouth. And recently, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but I've recently been seeing this gender going around of people saying things like, oh, um, do I want to continue life? And then it'll be like a yes or a no. And like the person will like click on it. And then if they say yes, then um, it'll show like what the rest of their life is going to look like. Or if they click no, like that's the end of it. Like it's very strange. I don't know if you guys have seen this on TikTok already, but that's bizarre. Um, it's just people again talking about it, but like making so light of it and making it so accessible and making it seem like normalized, right? Yes. Like it's just yes. commonplace. Uh, I think it's, it kind of reminds me of when you read the Bible and you see in the Old Testament, these you know, pagan nations would sacrifice their children. And I even went to places in the Middle East and Israel, Jordan, where they had these uh, once pagan tribes and civilizations, and they would have altars made that they would sacrifice their kids or throw them off uh, rocks, and they would dash on the bottom and get hit by waves off of, like, the rivers and stuff like that. Gosh. Um, or they would make statues and heat them, like, a fire inside so they'd burn and glow red and then they would put okay, their baby okay, inside. Okay, honey. I'm just saying that's kind of, that's the reaction you should have. It just as you did. That's the, that's the reaction I have. And that's the reaction I'm sure everybody listening has as well. It's like, this is 
very disturbing. Yeah. But in that culture, my point is that was normalized. That was like not even, not even, they moved past this being insanely cruel and disturbing to accepting of it to then even it's actually okay. And then now we're engaging in it. So see how like the culture shifts, the more we kind of lean into these. And even if it just starts in a place of curiosity, right? Curiosity killed the cat, right? That whole expression. And I just think, again, as Jesus has called us to be the salt of the earth, something we've said before on the podcast, Mm -hmm. we all understand, you know, Jesus says you're the light of the world, right? You, you know, let your light shine when, you know, there's darkness, you go around and you preach the gospel, you, uh, you know, witness to people, you preach the scripture and the darkness can't go where there's light shining on it. If you shine a flashlight in a dark room, mm-hmm. the dark has no, no choice but to leave, right? Right. So we understand what light means. What does Jesus mean by being salt? Contrary to what your um, modern hip pastor might say, it does not mean you're supposed to be flavoring and spicing <laughs> up the message and putting a little pizzazz and jazz on it. No, salt in the old world was used as a preservative and it still is in a lot of places, but uh, it preserved things. So if you killed a carcass and you were to, you know, eat the the flesh of it for a while, you would salt down the animal so it would preserve and slow the decaying process of that animal so you can eat it longer and it would last longer before they had refrigeration and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So Jesus's point here is to be salt in that we are to prevent and push back against the decaying and the evil in our world, right? We're not going to stop it entirely. Only when Jesus comes back will that happen. But uh, at the same time, he has given us the command and the charge to push against, to resist evil, to do good, to do justice, and to resist the devil. And he will flee from you, right? To uh, push back against these things when they start to creep into our culture. So... I know that was long-winded, but again, kind of when we're talking about these things that are becoming normalized, Mm -hmm. we need to check everything up against Scripture and say, is this bringing glory to God or is this bringing dishonor to Him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everything that we're talking about is what really drives us um, to be more intentional about our parenting style and approach and just being intentional about all of that. So two episodes ago, we we talked about... um, how highly we think of parents and like how much we want to praise them. And like each year that your child that you've like kept your child alive to just really like, wow, you did it, you know, but with that, we really want to call parents higher. Um, Mm -hmm. And this whole episode is not meant to shame or guilt or to just leave you feeling like, Oh, like I've not done so good. We really want you to leave this episode feeling empowered and equipped um, and just with more knowledge and just like more of an understanding of um, what it even means to be a parent and to just guide. So absolutely. Like we don't want everything to be in hindsight, right? Like I've heard so many older friends of mine who have grown kids um, and they're saying, Oh man, I wish I would have done this. Or I wish I would have known this at your age, or I wish as a young parent, I would have done this. Right. Um, A quote that one of our pastors said, uh, said years ago that it's not his, but um, it stuck with me is a wise person learns from their mistakes, but an even wiser one learns from the mistakes of others. Mm -hmm. Meaning you learn a mistake before you actually commit it to not do that and to go the other direction. Mm -hmm. So that's all we're trying to do here is like, again, not guilt trip like Melina said, but to 
empower you and equip and encourage you Mm -hmm. to go forward with the foresight and the foreknowledge Mm -hmm. of, hey, this is where I want to be as a parent or as a mentor to young people and just encouraging and reaching out to the next generation, Mm -hmm. right? So we kind of currently live in a society where people outsource everything, um, whether that's your groceries or like Netflix, like we used to go to the store and like pick up a DVD and like bring it home. Or we used to go and get our own food. Yeah, everything's delivered now or yeah, just on demand. Out, yeah, yeah, we outsource everything. And one thing that we cannot outsource is our parenting. It's not mm-hmm. the source. It's not the job of our schools, our coaches, not even the church Yeah. to parent. Yes, those things can help and could be used as guidance. But at the end of the day, that is our responsibility. They have, like God has given that immense responsibility and we should not take it lightly. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And even the the scripture speaks volumes to this, right? Yeah. Very greatly. Deuteronomy 6, right? The great Shema, like hear Israel, right? Uh, so Jesus refers back to this so many times. And I think it's great and very applicable here as we're talking about raising your children and calling them, calling parents to a higher standard, right? In Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, always, right? Like you're always to be reminded and to be talking about all that the Lord has done. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on doorposts of your house and on your gates. So again, this idea of God takes our parenting responsibility very seriously. Why is that? Because if you read later on, it says, you know, a generation rose up who knew not the Lord, right? And he told them in Deuteronomy, don't forget what the Lord's done for you, right? Teach your children so that they may know and that their children may know and that their children may know, right? So it's this long thing that goes on it's supposed to be passed down from generation to generation talk about these things why because we're prone to wander we're prone to forget Mm -hmm. we're prone to uh shook our responsibility off to the side yep yeah and then uh sorry (laughs) (laughs) midyon um hebrews 12 11 says for a moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it man i know that all too well yeah it does so seem painful with a lot of this and this is like the main thing i know some of you might be like okay melaine and jordan you guys have a one-year-old like y'all have not had much parenting to do and that is very true we have not we're not denying that no mm-mm. i know i have not we're rookies <laughs> yes but not, that's not to like brush it off because a lot of the the habits and the discipline that you set now in your in your child's life, you will slowly grow and get wiser and more disciplined and it will grow into their adulthood and into their teen years. Yes, disciplining a toddler is going to be very tedious. Like it says here, it seems painful rather than pleasant. That is going to be very true. But the same stuff that we'll be doing with her now will be able to apply when she's a 15-year-old and going through that all over again. Obviously, it's going to be slightly different. But a lot of the principle and a lot of what um, we practice and have been doing will be applying into that as well. So definitely keep that in mind. Like 
a lot of this stuff we really want to start implementing now. And we'll, we're going to get into a lot of this in a second. But um, yeah, I think that's a very valid point that you bring up, honey. It doesn't matter like your age or your experience because Stefan actually, as we're talking to him earlier, said, you know, we as kids have certain ways of dealing with things. And then we try to apply those in, through the filter, through the lens of our adulthood. And it just doesn't end up working. Mm -hmm. So yeah. really, you're qualified from a, from a young age to understand these things and start to think critically about them to figure them out and how they work in your certain life mm -hmm. stages right yeah yeah that's great so as you guys know or maybe not because it's been a minute but um i did go to school for early childhood education i didn't finish <clears throat> i still have a semester left but low-key we're not going to talk about that <laughs> um <laughs> it is my passion that is like where my heart is at and i definitely think why god wired me this way because when i'd go to school it did not feel like i was in school like I was just having so much fun with it. Um, so something for me like DIYing toys for Lathia and using wooden toys and like doing all of this stuff is so fun to me. But at the same time, it's so beneficial to her and helping her with her emotions, her self-regulation and her imagination, which I think a lot of our society has forgotten to let children do is use their imagination, which is why I'm so picky about my toys with her. I'm so picky about what she's doing because I really want to help cultivate that and I really want to help her use that because imagination is so key in children and if they don't have their imagination then they don't got nothing they need that imagination they need that creativity um yeah there's studies we were also looking into we'll have to pull them up or link them in the description yeah. for further reference but mm -hmm. just the replacement of imagination that things like video games and iPhones TV. and TV has had now like what were you saying about um the recommendation for kids and yes. TV um the I think it's like the children's some academy thing says that children are not recommended to watch TV until after the age of two like not even a minute a day yeah. obviously this is very hard to do especially because there's TV and technology everywhere but yeah, that but practically I like come out of the womb with an iPad you know <laughs> But it just shows like before the age of two, like it is not, not needed because children are so impressionable. They, they're literal sponges, guys. That um, sounds so extreme to us today in 2020. But I mean, until when was TV invented? Like early, early TV in the fifties, forties, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. And so you're talking like oh, only the last 70, 80 years. Which is not that much. Yeah. Have you been like with TV? So. Well, even just like iPhones too, because now it's yes. like with us all the time. I would say probably in the last like 10 years or yeah. 12 years uh, specifically, mm -hmm. this like children and babies with technology trend has mm -hmm. been going around. And yeah. I remember being like five, six years old playing with action figures and I would have like Spider-Man and Wolverine and all the, you know, everyone. And then I would be like playing with them. And I'd, I would have to set them up or pose them a certain way and then talk for them or move them around or how am I going to get Spider-Man to stick up in the wall? Oh, let me get some tape and like put it on his hands and his yeah. feet. Mm -hmm. So I had to like Use think of these, you know, come to these conflict blocks in my mind and then think how would I jump this hurdle of, mm -hmm. you know, some conflict resolution or some very healthy process at a very, very small scale level, yeah. right? And then develop that, of course, as you go on. You're saying now with TV and with animation, all that imagination is being forced on them or 
worse um they're not really using for them yes they're not using the imagination yeah Mm -hmm. um and there's a statistic that i remember learning in school that the optimal window for children to learn multiple languages is before the age of two Mm -hmm. after that it reduces by like 20 percent obviously they can still learn a language but the most impressionable time is before the age of two so put that into perspective like a one-year-old is very impressionable do not play off the intelligence of your children as little as you think they may be. It's they're very, very impressionable. So like I said, I have a passion for this. I this is what I do at night. Like <laughs> some people like to read bo- books or knit or something. You will find me DIYing toys. For I'll be watching upstairs. some stupid video on YouTube. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, honey, look at this. And I'll like look over at her phone. She's like, oh, cute DIY popsicle <laughs> sticks. I'm like, what? But yeah, that's. I love that. I'm just, I'm obviously teasing. I love Milana's passion and she teaches me all the time, all these things like the shaving cream and food dye Mm. and oh, this is like the ocean with the waves and then you put all the sea creatures in there or the jello and putting animals in that or getting like the real feeling moss, like the artificial moss and putting the land animals animals in that. It's like, wow, that's, I, I didn't have this stuff and I'm not knocking my my childhood or my parents or anything like that i'm just saying i think this is gonna reap a harvest later for alethea and ho- lord willing mm-hmm. and for our future kids again lord willing uh that is gonna be amazing you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i tr- we really tried to limit tv um and then with her toys so i think the biggest reason why I'm so particular about the toys is because it helps set such a good foundation for her. Mm -hmm. So if she is playing with a toy, let's say, and most of the time the toys that I have her play with have a task. So whether that means putting a ball in a hole. Okay. As simple as that may sound. Yeah. Cause this all sounds as I'm thinking, I'm like, well, what does this have to do with emotional development? So let me like break it down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if there is a, toy that she's playing with and the task is to be able to put the ball through the hole in our minds for us it's like okay so easy to do like just line it up and put it but for a one-year-old that's pretty difficult to do for her to get her hands to focus and properly put it and drop it that's very hard i think the dropping process is probably the most difficult for babies to do or the one ball where you have to kind of tap down a little bit and push it through the hole it's Mm -hmm. like just almost too small yes so um, her doing this task, what is that teaching her? Well, first, I will not interrupt her or do it for her. If I go ahead and do it for her time and time again, what that's telling her and teaching her is Alethea can't do it. Mama has to do it for me. Therefore, she's constantly relying on me and thinking I can't do anything without Mama. Mm-hmm. And then if she is able to do it, it's building her self-esteem. She's seeing I can do this. And as small as that task may be, that is probably the only task she's doing throughout her day. And you're still there as a close by presence. Yes. In her and learning and in her, her confidence. You're mm-hmm. not doing things for Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So just as simple as that, she in her mind is now able to do this task and it's giving her that self-esteem of, wow, I can do this. As simple as it may be, just putting a ball through a hole. And something like that is going to slowly grow as each thing, um, as she gets older and develops. Just as we grow and progress and mature, so does our learning and our emotions and our mental 
awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And if there's crippling effects to that, right, or obstacles that are met, I think Mm -hmm. that will also kind of trend very, very slowly on a path that you get to 18 or 20 years old. And now all of a sudden there's something like I'm lacking confidence or I'm lacking self-esteem or I struggle with, you know, shame or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it might result back as crazy as it sounds. It makes sense that something very like that's why when you go to talk to. Well, for me, I definitely see that when I I have like very vivid memories. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say when you go to like a mental health expert or get counseling or therapy, they'll start with your childhood. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's always something that originates early on in your development. It's not like you just wake up one day like, oh, man, I'm really depressed, but I don't know why. Right. It's a culmination of things that you kind of have to go backwards. Exactly. Yeah, because I have very like vivid memories of my childhood of like certain things that I would do or try to do and I couldn't and then my dad would help me and then I would feel like, oh, well, I'm not good enough to do this or I don't know how to do this. So like as simple as that may sound, guys, little activities like this really help build their self-esteem. And I always just try to basically put myself in her shoes. What is she feeling right now? Is she frustrated? If she trying to figure something out. So even just her figuring it out and getting frustrated, that's good. That's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, don't be alarmed. Baby's right? getting messy. Like that's that's fine. You know, messes aren't bad. Like spilling juice, like it's fine. You can just clean it up. Like it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like little instances like that. Well, you say it's little, but I don't think it is because it has major ramifications. It might sound it's, simplistic. Right. Simple, it might but be it's little not, to right? us, but it's huge to them. Right. The little problems and the little things that our child wants to talk to us about, we better be listening to them then because if we don't listen to the little problems and little things that they tell us when they're older, they're not going to tell us the big problems. Mm-hmm. And how how reflective of that is with is the same way that it is with God, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. What was it that Derry said last week at Bible study? There's no prayer too small for God. Mm-hmm. Like some, I, and I've, I don't know if you guys have th- felt this way, but I know I have several times where I'm like, why would I pray about that? That's, that's so petty. Like God's not concerned with that. That's not a big enough prayer. That's not important enough. It's like, yeah, if you lose your keys, tell the Holy Spirit, you know, ask God, help you find your keys. And I think the phrase was something like, something to the effect, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but Derry said it was like, uh, there's a, a guy who was asked, you know, is, is this too small of a prayer to his pastor? And his pastor says, um, well, no, cause nothing's too, nothing's too small for God or something like mm-hmm. that. Or nothing's too big and nothing's too small, something like yeah. that. But yeah, it just really put it in perspective for me. Like, wow, there's nothing that God sees as too small as we as parents with our kids don't see something as too small or, mm-hmm. or to, to our daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So if your kid comes to you showing you like, mommy, mommy, look what I did or look what I made. And we so easily want to brush it off because it literally looks like complete squiggles. Like there's no way you can tell me that's a person that you do. <laughs> you know, something it's as simple swirl, as that. It's a spiral in the middle of it. What yeah, you and to you're say like, here? what? But you paying attention and acknowledging that is going to make them feel so happy because they spent so much time in this. They spent so much effort doing this. But if you just quickly brush it off and they're going to think, oh, well, this is in their mind, like as a five-year-old, that is something so big to them. Mommy and daddy don't really care about what's big for me. 10 years later down when they're 15 and they're going through some very serious things, 
they're going to be reminded, oh, well, mommy, daddy didn't listen to me back then when those things were big to me. Why would they listen to that now? So yeah. it definitely carries through. Absolutely. And as you're talking, you're saying mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, and all this stuff. I think, you know, we can't really talk about raising children with a healthy emotional habit without highlighting the, the significance of having both of our parents in the household, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking now to the husband and wife listening, right? I want to give you guys a charge to that young couple who's just now starting out, who may or may not be parents yet. Uh, this is t towards you now, that all the research shows that a, a child raised with a mom and a dad are statistically more stable in their adult life in all aspects. And that's not to say that nobody has overcome the odds, of course, you know, that's a, mm -hmm. a large amount too, but it's usually by a lot harder or harsher means, right? Mm -hmm. So if I can just encourage you and charge you to really, like if you're kind of messing around, like, oh, that's my baby daddy, or, you know, I'm with this person and we've been engaged for 12 years. It's like, okay, well, you need to be committed for the sake of your union before God and also for your children, mm -hmm. right? So... Again, don't do it for just, just for your children. That's not what I'm conveying at all. But I'm also saying God has ordered us to enjoy marriage and to be equipping our kids as well. Mm -hmm. And that that thrives best statistically in a household with, you know, your parents there. So if I can encourage you, again, talking to the young couple, your input together is critical. And again, you're not talking about one being the parent and the authority figure, and then the other is the friend or really the enabler, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, daddy, I, uh, mommy said I couldn't do this, you know, and then, oh, okay, I'm sorry, sweetie, here, here's five bucks, go ahead, you know, <laughs> like, that's not helping anything either, right? So, I, I'm not talking to the single mom or the single dad doing their very best here, and if you're in that position listening. We applaud you. Yes. That is. Give yourself a hand. Yes, you are doing so good. I would say if you are in that situation, go hard after some mentorship, right? Like if you are a single mom and you have a young boy and you know he's growing up and you're like, I don't feel like I'm fully equipped to understand like the male mind or the the kind of the dude aspect. <laughs> like find a, a quality mentor, whether that's a, a brother or a cousin or an uncle or somebody from your church group that you could just have them kind of rally around and say, hey, will you kind of watch out for my son and mm -hmm. teach him, right? Same thing, other way around. And try to get connected with as much support as you can because support system, especially in the church, that's what makes the church, right? The church is people and it's not a building that you go to. Yeah, so that's coming up next. Um, we are going to take a quick break to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors and that is Faithful Counseling. Um, if you guys haven't heard of them, it is a team of licensed Christian counselors who share your faith and who are going to help you through any problems, um, beginning with a conversation when you're ready through phone call or text or even a secure, uh, secure um, conference video call in the comfort of your own home. So Jordan and I have actually gone through it and we absolutely love it. So faithful counselors share your faith and Christian values and are professionals with experience to help you with your issues. So they combine biblical wisdom and clinical um, expertise in mental health and give the best counsel and invite God into the conversation and formulate plans and address challenges 
with you guys. So the goal is to help your well-being um, so that you may feel mentally, emotionally, and spiritual healthy. So you guys can go to faithfulcounseling.com slash podcast and receive 10% off your first month. You can fill out a questionnaire um, and there's different ways that you can do it. So we do it through a um, through the app and do it through our phone. We've had multiple sessions like that. So there's four modes of communication. So it's text, chat, phone, and video call. And then it's all available on desktop, mobile, mobile web, Android, and any of the iOS apps. And it's been very easy and so much fun. It's secure, professional, affordable, and we have a code for them. So that again is faithfulcounseling.com slash podcast, faithfulcounseling.com slash podcast. And we'll have that link down below for you guys as well. But Jordan, I have really enjoyed our time with it and we've been using it and honestly, yeah, it's very user friendly. Yes, and cannot recommend it enough because it has been very helpful to have another person to talk to, especially someone who is also a Christian and having that biblical aspect added to it. It changes everything. So definitely cannot recommend it enough. Again, that is faithfulcounseling.com slash podcast. So as we deep dive into this idea of parents, I think I just want to talk to kind of the, the male perspective or the father perspective first. And a resource that I've come to love, um, we're going to actually link it down at the Amazon storefront page um, for Ask For Me My House, but it's a book called Noble Journey, The Quest for a Lasting Legacy by a guy named Craig Glass. And it's a fantastic read. It talks a lot about just the role as a father and younger men that you mentor and things like that. And he basically pulls out four words that all start with A, so it's easy to remember. Uh, from the transfiguration scene in Matthew 17, 5. And this is where Jesus goes up the mountain and he takes three of his closest disciples and he becomes transfigured, which we still don't really know exactly what happened, but the best description of it is he glowed like whiter than white and essentially his humanity and his flesh was pulled back so that his glory of his divinity was shown to those three disciples up on this mountain. And, I mean, what a experience that must have been. But that aside, the whole point here is there's a voice from heaven coming from God the Father to Jesus. And he says, this is my son, whom I love, with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. And so you see the acceptance here. This is my son, right? He's accepting him. Like it's not based on anything he's done. Mm. It's his relationship, right? Your child is accepted because they are your child, not because of anything that they do or don't do. Yeah. And then the affection whom I love. And I, I actually, I love this for, especially in the context of fathership and fatherhood, because this is something that societally across all, uh, people virtually it's kind of uncommon or kind of taboo to show affection or show emotion as a man mm -hmm. it's supposed to be you know you're i'm tough i don't cry i don't you yeah. know hurt i don't have any feeling right mm -hmm. and there's something wrong with you if there is right mm -hmm. so the father says to jesus here whom i love and i think that's great because i remember my uncle doug who's actually stefan's dad was telling me one time that when 
so Stefan has an older sister and then a twin sister, but his, my Uncle Doug was telling me when Jessica, his firstborn, his daughter was born, he was like kissing her, kind of like with me and Alethea, like, oh, you're so lovey-dovey, emotional, huggy, kissy, touch, you know, that kind of thing. Very touchy-feely. And he remembers when Stefan was born, he kind of at first had this weird feeling like, oh, I can't really kiss my son. Like, that's weird. Like, I'm supposed to be like tough and I can't be emotional and... Then he had the second thought come to him, which I I completely believe was from God. I mean, case in point, this passage of scripture right here. And he said, "No, I I can kiss and be affectionate with my son, just like mm-hmm. it's my it's my child. You know, right. it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl." Mm. And I thought that was like groundbreaking. And my uncle Doug's full of like truth and wisdom like that. But um, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna uh, being in his position now back then knowing that I'm about to have a boy in a few months I'm like mm-hmm. I'm gonna smooch the heck out of my son you know <laughs> but again that's not to you know pamper him or make him soft in some way I don't think affection automatically defaults to oh you're just a a softy right no like you can all. you can kiss your son and tell him you love him while also beating the crap out of him when he disobeys you. You know what I mean? <laughs> or letting him make mistakes at times to learn from it, right? Mm. So I think there's a, definitely a complexity to this affection, and Craig Glass gets into it a lot in the book. Mm. But, um, yeah, he, he I'll leave it there for now, but I think that's a really important point to All highlight. Right, so you've said acceptance. This is my son, yes. Affection. Whom I love. Next is affirmation. With whom I am pleased right Mm. honey do you want to talk a little bit to this idea of affirmation because i love what you were talking about earlier yeah so this last point is affirmation and i think something that is so good to start with children is affirmations um at a young age what does that mean okay people don't understand what you mean when you say affirmations sorry okay (laughs) so an affirmation is having your child say something over and over again so to each family, this will be different. This isn't a uh, hooky-dooky, name it, claim it, speak it into existence, put it out no. there in the universe. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're just saying this is something that they are declaring and believing. Yes. In yeah. a non, like, I'm going to, the more I say this, the more I become it. Not mm-hmm. not talking about that. We're just talking in a very biblical way. Like, yes. I'm affirming this. Right. So as we get older and as we grow the enemy and just life in general is going to tell you everything that you're not, you're not worthy, you're not beautiful, you're not this, you're not that. Like we will hear enough of that. What we do not hear enough of is what we are and more so like biblically centered. Like you are loved. You are loved by your parents. You are loved by the Lord. You are loved by your grandma and grandpa. Like something as simple as having your child every night say like three affirmations and like I said, each family, this will be different. Um, so whether that is, I am loved, I am brave because Jesus made me brave. Or um, we were throwing out a couple of good ones earlier. Yeah, like, they? like the Lord gives me courage. The Lord gives me strength, right? Yes. Those are things that, again, you're not blowing smoke up your kid's butt. Mm-hmm. And it, this is a healthy way of affirming things, right? Like you're not yeah. telling your child they're number one and they're a rock star and they're so amazing Mm -hmm. but you're also like helping them to understand 
you know, this is what God has said about me, right? Mm-hmm. And you're pointing yeah. to scripture, you're pointing them back to Jesus. Because there's days that they're going to come, even early in, early in their in their life, they're going to mm-hmm. oh, I don't feel brave today. Mm-hmm. Well, or I don't want to some- say that affirmation because I don't feel it today. Right. And if you're just basing it off, if you're just telling your kid, you're brave because I said it or because you said it. No, it's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be connected to well, why? Because the Lord is with me. So I have no reason to fear I can be mm-hmm. brave. Yeah. Why? Because God is with me. Not because I said it three times tonight. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yes. And I think doing these affirmations every night also gives your child an opportunity. Like you just said, if, if Bobby didn't feel brave today and he doesn't brave want Bobby <laughs> and he says he doesn't feel brave today, that gives him an opportunity to talk to you. It gives him a chance mm-hmm. to be like, oh, well today at recess, like I got bullied by so-and-so or this happened. Like it gives them a chance to speak of that if they didn't want to earlier or forgot about it or something else happened. You it know? gives you as a parent a chance to interact and to take yeah. a vested interest in what's going on. And it gives you an opportunity to pray with your child and show how to respond to things like that. And yes. Maybe give some practical steps. So it's all hand in glove, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's why I love this idea of affirmation and affirming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's ever too early to start this. Um, with Alethea, we haven't been able to yet because girlfriend can't talk. <laughs> but as soon as she can, or as soon as she can start formulating her sentences, um, we definitely want to start implementing this. And the reason for that is the earlier, the better, because if suddenly one day your child is 15 and you just hop into their bed and say, honey, we're going to say our affirmations, your kid's going to be like, <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to be like, what? This is weird. This feels uncomfortable. Like it's going to feel very strange. But if it's a habit, like we've been saying, if it's something that you've started early, um, it's just going to feel natural and it's going to feel good. And, yeah, and don't be discouraged if your kids are a little bit older and you're kind of like, yeah, oh man, no. I tried this and <laughs> it was hor- it went horrible. Like yeah. they hated me even more than they do now. You know? <laughs> like just, just give it some time. The idea. Yeah, just be consistent with it. Um, I'll tell you one thing. My birthday was uh, last month and uh, it usually gets like, uh, eclipsed by Tuki's birthday, which okay, is I'm fine with. First I'm, year, I'm okay honey. with it. I'm okay. Uh, it's not a complaint. I'm just stating a fact. Anyways, so my birthday was last month, and Stefan and Celeste were here. Milena was here. Melanie was here. And the morning of my birthday, we're planning all these things for the uh, the, the party, royal ball, Alethe's royal ball. But Stefan said, "Hey, Jor, can we just sit down and just affirm you and do some affirmations of you?" And I was like uh yeah sure <laughs> like I was I didn't think it was weird I was just like a little caught off guard like huh what is this mm-hmm. and it, I just they proceeded to just uh Stefan Celeste Milena Melanie just proceeded to speak some of the kindest um assuring words of encouragement that I'd ever heard and it was so touching so moving and I thought wow this is amazing so yeah it was a little bit like huh that's this is weird. This is different, mm-hmm. but it was beautiful. In a really good way. Yeah. yeah. So even if you're older, my point is you're older, your kids are older, just try it out. Just make a habit of it. Make it, a, make it habitual, make it a routine mm-hmm. and you'll see the fruits of that labor soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this isn't going to, like Jordan said, it's not going to make them soft. It's not going to make them feel like they're on top of the world because trust me, the world is going to beat them down. And just having something as little as them knowing I am loved Mm -hmm. 
that is going to take them through the day. I guarantee it, guys. Because if someone says something mean to them or something happens in the back of their mind, they're going to remember, no, I am loved. I am loved by God. I am loved by my parents. This think of does how many, not matter. Absolutely. Think of all the backhanded, negative, sarcastic comments and interactions that your kid probably goes through and will yeah. go through mm-hmm. from bullies, from people who are insecure, from even other adults, right, that just don't know how to treat children because they have, again, something unresolved probably from when they were kids. And they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know who to take it out on. Right. So nothing, like you said, honey, nothing about saying you're strong or you're courageous because the Lord is with you, right, or the Lord made you. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Exactly. Nothing like that is is soft, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's the furthest thing from soft. And sorry, last thing I'll say about the affirmations is as your as the parent too, um, I think it's really important to emphasize or help your child in something that they might be lacking. So you as your as the parent, you know your child best. So if you sense that they are they have lower self-esteem or in certain area, or if there's something that they're struggling with more so, make that an affirmation. You can filter these through. You they don't have to be the same three ones for the rest of their years of life. Like you can change them and um, change it as it reflects into their lives. So absolutely, um, as a parent, you can do that. Yeah. And the last A, anointing, right? Listen to him. G, uh, the father says about, of Jesus, so this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So he's anointing Jesus and telling him like, look, you have a great calling and we should be, ought to be doing the same with our kids, right? Mm -hmm. The Lord has called you for something great. And we are again, rejoicing in and making that anointing known to them, right? The Lord has a great purpose for you Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be easy always. It's not going to be rosy and peachy, but it's going (laughs) to be well worth it because it's of the Lord's work. So as we seek him and as we follow after the things that he's planned for us, that's where he's leading us to ultimately. Yes. All right. So Jordan kind of did his um, four points and then we thought it'd be a good idea for kind of mama to do my little points. Not to say that like each parent can't do each thing, but just to kind of talk about how for me as a mom, I'm an example to Alethea and how I react to certain things that is an example to her. Um, and Jordan brought up Proverbs 31. Um, I don't have it pulled up. Did you want to kind of explain it more? Well, it's kind of known as like, this is the noble woman, right? The noble wife, the noble mother. And it just talks about, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it go, go and read Proverbs 31 and it'll talk about the, the wife, um, that the, husband praises her his wife and esteems her and honors her and her children call her blessed right she just has favor with her family and I'm I get to thinking to myself like this is my role one of my roles as as a husband is to love and honor and uplift Milena and celebrate her something that is not done enough in in our male culture right like the men in our society were not looking at our wives in a way that supports and uplifts and encourages them and supports what they are doing. Right. And we do have a a duty and a God given role to lead, 
but that leadership doesn't always mean I do what I do and you follow me. Mm. It's I do what's best for us and what's best for your honor and your position too. So to just tell Milena things like you're, you're a fantastic wife, you're a fantastic mother and not just leave it at that, but then give mm. examples too. Right. Like I really like, I, I even said it a little bit earlier. Like I'm just in awe of how Milena does her DIY stuff and her, <laughs> you know, passion for teaching our children, things like that. And that just causes me to fall in love with her even more. So I love Shucks. that. <laughs> <laughs> Melania's giving me the weirdest goo-goo eyes right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's great. And I think this is something we need to do as husbands, especially. If for no other reason but to, well, you're not only doing it for one reason, but other secondary reasons are you're showing your children, hey, look, we're displaying this, right? This isn't just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mom and dad, like back in the 50s where they slept in, two separate twin beds on the other side of the room and Mm. they are, uh, you know, only touchy lovey dovey in behind the closed doors. Right. Yeah. Like, no, we're, we're openly celebrating and loving and encouraging each other. Right. And this is, this, we kind of have a funny way of how we do this with Alethea, right, honey? Yeah. So we do this thing. I don't know how it even started, but one day Jordan and I were kissing each other and like hardcore making out. No, 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 no. It was a makeout sesh, and we forgot that our little tiny human <laughs> was watching us. And, and we, we turned around. Her. We're like kissing, and then all of a sudden we stop, and we at the same time as if we both realize, like, oh wait, we're not alone. And then we look over at Alethea. This girl has the biggest smile on her face ever. She's like so happy. She's like looking at us. She's like <laughs> so like interested, and like not in a gross way, but like she. So mom and dad are in love with each other. Like they were kissing each other. So after that, we always do this thing where we like jokingly like go up to each other and go and like kiss each other. And when it, she's looking, then we'll stop and look over at her and she goes and, uh. <laughs> and she smiles and she laughs and she loves it. She thinks it's the cutest thing. But just something as simple as that. Like we're just showing her like mommy and daddy do truly love each other. And um, that's going to be very important in her life. Yes. And we're trying to show her like. I mean, it's it's something so simple and silly as that, right? Yeah. We'll, again, have the progression later in life to me and Milana being able to have conflict resolution in front of our kids and then mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness and apologize and make up and not do it, you know, Close just between us. me and her, like, yeah. later, so that the last thing our kids hear is us screaming at each other, and then we go to bed, and then in the morning, we're like, hey, hey, sweetie, how are you? It's like... Yeah. Weren't, weren't you just being a, you know what, to mom earlier, like last <laughs> night? But to then see, have them see like, hey, yeah, we're literally kissing and making up, right? Mm-hmm. That's something, you know, we want to implement. So, yeah, again, it's all kind of tying back to what do we want to do as a role of parents and what implications and effects are that going to have on our children and their emo- emotional, bleh, I can't speak, I'm tongue-tied emotional and mental wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff may sound very daunting and repetitive, especially if you have a younger child and you find yourself saying like, no, honey, we're not going to touch the stove because it's hot. We're not going to touch the stove because it's hot. And they still like a lot of this will seem very tedious, but uh, (laughs) we found a verse um, Galatians six, nine, and it just says 
let's not get tired of doing what is good. Just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And um, another verse that I think is really important to this too is that fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I think it's so easy to anger our children. That's the easy way, right? That's when we give up of like, like the last verse you read in Galatians. When we do get tired of doing what's good, we just, ah, heck with it, right? And Mm -hmm. then you provoke your children to anger and you Mm -hmm. say something you shouldn't have said and you wish you could take something back. But then you're like, oh man, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't disciplined, right? So to bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord implies (laughs) that I need to have discipline and know the instruction of the Lord if I'm going to bring them up in that way and not provoke them to anger because I'm just acting out of my, uh, you know, emotional response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple of practical things that um, I kind of learned in school that I've really wanted to apply to Aletheia. And one thing that we did not allow our students to say was no. And we didn't say no to them because that word is such a dangerous word. (laughs) Once that child learns that word, that is the only thing coming out of their mouths. It will be no, 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 no to everything. So we in general try to avoid using that word because there's so many other words that you can use instead. So let's say they are going to touch the stove. Instead of saying no, just say we're not going to touch the stove. Or please don't touch the stove or even no thank you. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes we'll say no thank you. Yeah. It's like polite, but you're also saying no, yeah. but you're also saying no thank you. So mm-hmm. yeah. at least if your child starts, you know, mimicking and Parent, parroting you, they're going to say, no, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. So at least it's kind of like polite, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely different ways to avoid or just not say that. Um, also, because I said so, this one drives me crazy. Because I'm the parent. Yes. This is definitely a good example of fathers do not provoke your children to anger because this will definitely make your children angry. That's literally the only response you can get. because, Like, what are you going to get from your child? Because I said so. All right. Well, valid point. Like, right. Yeah. That's a great argument, right? Mm-hmm. No, of course not. Yeah. That's going to actually make you look pettier and less of a father and an instructor and a disciplinarian mm-hmm. in a good way. I mean, mm-hmm. than you are because that just seems like a cop out answer, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's to be honest, like de-escalating or kind of just explaining the situation is so much easier because then you're able to kind of walk your child through why. Yeah. Because children want to know why. They gen- they're they learning. They want to know why or why not. That's why and so much of like law enforcement is de-escalating yes. the situation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you like you never want to go to any type of force, whether that's lethal or less than lethal, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to if your life or somebody else's life is in jeopardy de-escalating just talking using your words being able to talk through i understand right Mm -hmm. i understand you're upset you need to be patient hold on right like these are all things that you can apply in any realm but uh, even mostly i would say at home with your child right Mm -hmm. yeah uh next thing is not to just say good job and this is another thing that i learned in school so this was so hard for me the first couple of weeks when I was working at a Montessori because it, we just so easily say good job. And yes, saying good job is kind of rewarding them, but they have no idea what they're being praised for. So just in their mind, say, they just did 10 things. They blinked, they spit <laughs> up, 
they put the ball in the hole and they pooped. <laughs> what are you giving? What are you telling them they did a good job for, right? Yeah. So uh, we always try to explain what it is that she's doing that as well. So, for example, if she dropped the ball, we'll say, wow, you dropped the ball in the hole and it made it through. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like just explaining, walk through what they did. That was a good job. This Instead goes back of just to the affirming thing. You're yes. affirming a specific thing. Like I remember sitting around the table with Stefan Celeste, Melina and Melanie, and they were affirming me. They weren't just saying, you're great. You're awesome. Right. Yeah. Which I actually wouldn't even want. That would make me feel even more uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. But they were saying certain things. I don't want to make this all about me. I'm just saying the specificity by which they mentioned things was yes. actually it makes more heartfelt personal. for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's personal. Yeah. In yeah. the same way, you're not just good job, good job, good job, good job, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, I'm taking an interest in what you're doing and I see what you're doing and I recognize it. So you did this very well. Yes, perfect. Yeah, that's a good way to do that, uh, to explain it. Um, another thing we kind of touched on is just de-escalating. And it's really hard to do this, but a lot of times when they're in the middle of screaming or fighting or whatever, um, we can just let them know that we understand that they might be frustrated or we understand that um, they want to get out of the car. We understand, like, we, we're we bored too. Mm-hmm. If you're on a car ride, like, oh, mommy Leveling and daddy are bored too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like shifting the attention to something else or it's in- less you versus them, right? Yeah. A lot of times in, if you're having conflict with the parent, it's you versus me. Right. And then we obviously see this carry over into like teenage years. Yeah. And that's like my mom would joke when mm-hmm. you're a teenager, the aliens come and take your brain and, you know, and <laughs> until you turn whatever, 25 or whatever, you know, and yeah. just to say like you become this person who's trying to figure out all these emotions, but if you have things from a young age that is unresolved, it, it has this like, well, it's you versus me. And if you're as a parent, not leveling with your child. And, and like Melina said, I understand. Yeah. It's I'm hot too. I'm, I'm hungry too. Right. I'm sleepy too. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that all of a sudden immediately like diffuses and deescalates because you're now saying, Oh wait, they're not purposely trying to hurt me or trying <laughs> to harm me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and not only that, but they actually feel the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. So now as an identifying with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That helps to calm the situation, mm-hmm. even from a young age, right? Yes. Yeah. So importantly, like age uh, six months through 18 months, kind of helping them even identify their emotions, because sometimes we might feel like they're they're saying that they're sad or they're mad or they're angry. But there might be a couple of layers underneath that they might be lonely or feeling isolated or feeling left out. Um, So definitely helping your child understand what emotions it is that they're feeling to help them better solve them. It's okay if you're listening to this and you think like, this is crazy. What is a six month old (laughs) doesn't know what feeling isolated is like, right? But I'm telling you guys, like there's a reason why Melina is saying this stuff and the reason why that we're like, there's. There's science and there's research behind it, but, and, and some of it is just going to be anecdotal, which is mm-hmm. okay, but understanding have links to everything too. Yeah. But understanding exactly what's the situation is, what's worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past, mm-hmm. you know, that's all kind of why we're saying what we're saying here. Yeah. And I think it just makes sense too. When you think mm-hmm. about it kind of outside the box, you're like, oh yeah, I, I could see why that would have a lasting impact later in somebody's life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, the small things become big things, Mm -hmm. unsolved. 
Um, so we do have tons of other research that we have found with just like independent play um, and just isolating or shielding your parent, uh, shielding your children. <laughs> so we will link that all down below for you guys if you're curious about it because we don't want to keep like over exhausting this. But there is so much research out there. So if you guys have a second, definitely look into that to just understand it a little bit better. Um, but that's that's the episode. Yeah. Did you have an illustration you wanted to share kind of as a, like a last thought? Oh, yes. You're talking about, about the thermometer. Yes. I think that's very helpful for okay. people to kind of understand because yeah. associating like an object with an illustration or with an idea mm-hmm. is very, uh, I think, beneficial. Yeah. Um, so something that you can just talk to your children about as far as like their emotions and regulating that is to kind of compare it to a thermometer. So... Your temperature can range anywhere between 99 degrees and then it can get up to 100 and then 101 and you know that's not too good. And the higher it gets, the more serious it can get. The same theme kind of applies to our emotions and our feelings. So you're feeling calm and happy and you don't really have a fever, but then something might cause your fever to go up a little bit. You might get irritated or this might happen or that might happen and it just keeps climbing up and up and up. Um but we need to do something for it to get lowered. So kind of figuring out and solving this issue or just even having our children recognize like our emotions go up, but they can come right back down. Kind of like the, um, why did I almost say Bob Ross? Not Bob (laughs) Ross. Um, Him? Okay, so in case you guys don't know, there's a meme going around. Wait, not Bob Ross. Who am I trying to say? Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers. The, The trinity of holy television is Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. (laughs) <laughs> Bob Ross, the really chill painting guy with all the happy, happy little mistakes and just make it a, a tree gr- or a make it a bird hair. now with the afro. Yeah. And then you got our man, Mr. Rogers, right? Mm. But yeah, exactly, honey. As you're saying, uh, you know, what do you do with the mad that you feel, right? Yeah. How do you handle anger? It's not, a, and this isn't say, somebody saying, don't show emotion, don't show anger. Mm-mm. Right. That's not at all. Here's a healthy expression of that. Here's a healthy mm-hmm. way to handle and resolve this, mm-hmm. right? And to deal with this. Or just like positive reinforcement. Last thing, guys, I promise. Um, the other day. <laughs> should have been three episodes. <laughs> the other day, Alethea started hitting me. And okay, great. She was hitting me. But I let her know, ouch, that hurts mama. And I, but she kept doing it. And I could tell she just wanted to hit something. Okay, that's fine. Who cares? So I told her, well, unless let's not hit mama because mama's that hurts mama's feelings. That hurts. I'm a human. We don't we don't hit humans. Here's a pillow. Let's hit this pillow instead. Girlfriend started whacking this pillow. (laughs) Okay, great. I was able to get her to stop hitting me and start hitting the pillow. Sometimes it's just something as simple as getting your child to redirect or refocus because boys sometimes they want to kick. Okay, we can't kick our friends, but you can kick a soccer ball. You want to run? You want to scream? Maybe not inside, but you can do that outside. Just like slightly maneuver and switch things into a way that they can still do these healthy things. Healthy alternates, healthy yeah. outlets, right? Yes. All right. Yeah. That was my last thing. No, I'm, that's great. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. All right. Prayer request. Did you ever finish the whole... What? Emotional thermometer? Yeah. I don't know if I cut you off on that, but... Mm, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. No worries. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Honey, you want to take this week's prayer request? 
I do. So for this week, normally we get prayer requests from DMs that you guys send us. Um, but as you guys know, we have a Facebook page and we're on there every single day and seeing the stuff that you guys post. Um, we have seen a specific post. I'm not going to go into too specific details of it just because I want to like keep her privacy. But it just did really hit home for us. So I don't know how to do this without like. We're going to pay for her much. and her family. Okay. Her and her family are going through uh, okay. some serious yeah. stuff. And so. I don't want to like say too much detail, but I don't want to be too vague with you guys either. But at the same time, like I'm not trying to like say all this stuff to, about everyone. But at the same time, she's been very heavy on our hearts. And we are so thankful for all of your guys' interaction with one another on mm-hmm. the podcast page because yeah. there are thousands of posts and we... I wish, see them all. <laughs> yeah. I do. We see them as they're coming in, but sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I started reading this one and then I got some I had another task I had to do and then when I go back to the page it's like covered by another mm-hmm. 200 posts yeah. and it's like wait where to go and mm-hmm. so we see them we're praying for you guys we're so thankful for all of your activity and we're so thankful for those of you in the group who are responding and interacting and being that you know support for others yeah. that's the whole point of this mm-hmm. page so yep. we're we're trying to post and interact as much as we can when we can but mm-hmm. uh, we're just so thankful to see your all your guys interaction too yes yeah all right you ready yeah let's pray bow your head honey my head is bowed i'm watching here <laughs> um hey god thank you again for another opportunity to record this podcast um this week we just have this family very heavy on our hearts and what they're dealing with and it's not something to be taken lightly and we just pray that you will Help guide this family and give them the wisdom and the resources and just be with them. I can't imagine how much of a lonely time this feels and how frustrating and just so many unanswered questions and just so much frustration and just um, maybe loneliness and just not knowing what to do. I pray that you will just comfort them. I pray that you will give them the guidance and the counsel and the resources that they need to get through this, Lord. Um, we know that you're with them and just we, they need that reminder. And um, we're just so thankful for that Facebook page and all the people that we have been able to see and help each other and the wisdom that people have been able to gain and um, all the glory to you, God. We are truly so thankful and thank you again for this podcast. Um, in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Facebook page and join up if you haven't already. It's a closed group because we're trying to uh, keep a A privacy. Yeah, a little bit of a sense of integrity and accountability to some of the questions and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so we don't get any trolls and things like that. But we love you guys. Thank you for the support. Check out our Instagram page, Ask For Me In My House podcast. And if you have any prayer requests or praise reports or anything like that, just want to say, hey, you could even send us an email at askformeandmyhousepodcast at gmail.com. And again, be sure to tag us on Instagram of you listening to the podcast and things that you like about it, and you'll be entered for a chance to win a coffee on us. So we appreciate it. Love you guys. guys. See you next time.